In the news this week, the Church of England is starting same-sex blessings for use in regular worship services. The House of Lords warns that trans ideology is threatening the welfare of schoolchildren. And an Oxford Dom with multiple sclerosis shares how ethical stem cell treatment gave him a new lease of life. Hello. The Church of England's House of Bishops has given the final go-ahead for same-sex blessings in regular worship services. From Sunday the 17th of December, clergy can decide if they want to use a selection of readings and prayers of thanksgiving, dedication and asking for God's blessing for same-sex couples. The House of Bishops backed the proposals by 24 votes to 11, with three abstentions. In an official statement, the Church said it still understands marriage to be a lifelong, faithful and exclusive covenant between one man and one woman, but then added, some may wish to recognise the commitment same-sex couples make to each other and publicly pray for God's blessing on them. The Right Reverend Andy Lines of the Anglican Network in Europe said the House of Bishops' decision was hugely disappointing and criticised it for pushing along a highly divisive path which arrogantly rejects the authority of scripture and cravenly follows the latest trends in Western secular culture. Peers have warned that transgender ideology is threatening pupils' welfare while the government's trans guidance for schools continues to be delayed. In a House of Lords debate on safeguarding in schools, members highlighted the harmful effects of trans dogma on parental freedoms, sex education, sport and safe changing rooms and toilets for girls. Introducing the debate, Baroness Jenkin warned that many schools are adopting an ideological approach towards sex, gender and identity. Some schools are breaking the safeguarding rules, legitimising withholding vital information from parents, promising confidentiality to children and compromising single-sex spaces, most vital for both sexes in navigating the trials and tribulations of puberty. Ultimately, schools risk usurping the roles of parents when it comes to navigating highly cultural, highly sensitive cultural issues such as sex, race and gender. Schools have an obligation to remain politically impartial when teaching these issues, but we know they are not always doing this. Lady Jenkins' colleague, Lord Farmer, agreed and questioned whether the Department for Education was investigating how an ideology, which presents schools with significant safeguarding concerns, was allowed to be adopted as fact. Elsewhere, their education requires them to be led by facts and evidence, but in this particular area, feelings trump all else. The potential for harm to the young person who wants to socially transition is a major safeguarding concern. Social transitioning is the first step on the road to physical and pharmaceutical changes that will last their whole lives and are often deeply regretted. I end where I began, with the need for neutrality. Dr Hilary Cass, as we've heard, concluded that social transition is not neutral but a major psychosocial intervention that may affect whether a child's gender distress disappears or becomes long-lasting. In this age of affirmation, the ideologically driven imperative to be kind has blinded schools to their foundational safeguarding responsibilities. Will the DfE guidance make that clear? A survey has shown the majority of UK doctors would not carry out euthanasia or assisted suicide if end-of-life protections were removed. 
Of the 1,088 doctors who responded to doctors.net.uk, 59% said they would not administer lethal drugs to a patient, while 53% said they would not help them to take it themselves. Overall, less than 45% of those surveyed were in favour, with around 48% opposed to removing end-of-life protections at all. Of those working in palliative care who took a position, this rose to 80%. The most cited reasons against legalisation were to protect vulnerable people from risk of coercion, and because the focus should be on improving palliative care. And finally, a senior academic with multiple sclerosis has shared how ethical stem cell treatment gave him a new lease of life. In 2017, Professor Robert Douglas Fairhurst of Magdalen College, Oxford, was diagnosed with a degenerative disease and deteriorated rapidly over the next two years. But after receiving treatment in 2019 involving the transplantation of his own stem cells, his condition seemed to stop declining. In an interview with Times columnist Stephen Bleach, who also suffers from MS, the academic explained how his perspective on life has changed. It's strange, but I'm happier now than I was before I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I think that's because I've come to appreciate just how fragile it all is. I was sleepwalking through much of my life. I was an autopilot. Now I take pleasure in small things. Well, that's all for this week. For regular updates and information on all of our stories, plus much more, visit our website at christian.org.uk. Until next time, goodbye.